Welcome to a very special edition of the Cadence Beat. I am here with Ben, of course, because Ben is always here. But we have a very special guest here today, Shane Perlman. I'm just going to pitch it over to you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you're involved with everyone here over at Stellar WP, and of course, Cadence too. Hi, everybody. My name is Shane Perlman. I live out in the Canary Islands, which is a little set of islands off Western Africa. And I've been in the WordPress space a pretty long time. I'm one of the founders of Modern Tribe, as well as the events calendar and a number of other products. Today, I'm part of the Liquid Web Stellar leadership team. And Modern Tribe plays a really interesting role in that group and that works the glue between brands. So we create lots of internal solutions, accelerated solutions for all of our different brands. And in particular, about nine months ago, almost a year ago, we started working on some AI prototypes to make creating a website, creating a shop much, much easier. And those are getting really close to beta. Then when do we get our beta? So we're going to talk about that and the world of AI. I hope you're coming to WordCamp Europe. If you're in the neighborhood, Greece is pretty darn great, although it's hot in summer. I'm going to be moderating and leading a panel on the practical use of AI in day-to-day usage for WordPress developers, product owners, marketers. So this isn't a big think. This is a what can I actually do and how to get value. So this is a good place for me to practice. Yeah, this is perfect. Starting out then, one of the questions I want to know from really each one of us is what is a way that AI has impacted you recently where you've been like, wow, this is a really cool tool. You started using it or you're like, it was like the aha moment of, oh man, this is going to change things. Want to go first, Kathy? Sure. (laughs) I pressure. (laughs) My funny story is somebody posted in a group that I was in that they had used this AI headshot generator. And my headshots are like five, six years old back when I lived in Mount Shasta. And they're really old, right? And so am I. I'm getting older. And so I was like, all right, I'll give this a go. So you load up like 10, 15 of your photos of you doing pretty much anything. And it spits out 100 pictures of you. That just is very unsettling because it's not you. It's not me. (laughs) And then in one of them, it gave me an extra hand. (laughs) And in other ones, I look like like Samantha from Bewitched. And I look like Cheryl, who's selling split levels in Naperville, Illinois. And then I'm considering maybe a music career because all of these new opportunities for this avatar of this person that looks like me just opened up with all of this. So that was like a really weird example of how ai just changed even though that whole tech is about to get like crazy interesting because i was talking to the r&d crew at automatic about some of their projects and this is one i'm allowed to talk about but they were saying one of the things we've actively been working on is that the average person just takes bad photos let's just acknowledge it we're just not good at lighting and positioning even though the iphone or whatever has done a lot of good job they're like we're doing it They're like, what we're trying to do is make it so that you can take your sort of imperfect product shot, feed it, and it'll return to a beautiful version of exactly the same thing. So it's like scrub up and it's not just filters. It's having AI regenerate, but be like, oh, I know what you want here. Let me give you the same thing, bullet position from the right angle with the right. That'd be amazing. Amazing. If I could just upload all my photos and that would be like, 
magic wand. And now, you know, my shoe looks epic and my kid looks happy instead of grumpy and whatever. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I will put a few of the photos that this AI tool generated for me in the show notes. So you definitely have to head over to the Cadence podcast show notes and take a look at them. But I think also it can be very helpful for a marketing person because this is like my personal brand. It's me how I think about myself. If you're uploading your product pictures and you see them in a different light, how does it change how you think about and how you position your brand, how you position your products? It can really up-level and bring in some perspective that maybe you didn't have when you first started with your brand. So I'm really excited what it does for the world of marketing. But how about you, you Shane? Have you had the crazy experience? Crazy. It was really interesting. So my daughter is 14 and we're all going to WordCamp Europe, going to Greece and she like is just a crazy Percy Jackson fan and all the old stuff that I just don't care about, but it's awesome. And so she was like, we're going to go see all this old stuff. And I was like, fine, you plan this trip because I just want to go to the beach. And so she was like, okay, I will then. And she's like, dad, can I have your chat GPT login? And I was like, why? <laughs> and then I looked at the history and she and chat GPT planned our trip around Greece. She was like, and it was great. She was like, Hey, Chad, could you give me a thing that balances my desire to see old stuff and my brother's short attention span and the fact that he doesn't care about old rocks and that I don't want to spend more than two and a half to three hours a day in a car every other day. And I want to sleep at least two nights in any place. Like, and then Chad GPT was like, oh, here's three different itineraries, depending on which part of Greece you want to go. And she's like, oh, I like that one. That looks cool. Okay, cool. Now refine it here. Hey, where should I sleep? Can you give me some good hotel recommendations? Like, it was like a personal travel planner. And they just tore through the whole thing, booked it. It was really great. I will say there's a warning. They talk about hallucinations or maybe the more polite versions, confabulations. But there were some moments where Chad GPT was like, hey, check out this hotel. And I was like, that hotel doesn't exist. She's like, I can't find it, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, there's no such hotel. Uh, I don't know what it's talking about. So just to wrap it up, the part to me that was like, whoa, was then I was like, cool. So where do we need to go? She's like, ChatGPT, could you make a Google map driving itinerary for my dad with each stop and location and things I want to see and spread it over days? And it's like, here's a URL. And... There you go. I had my whole trip with driving instructions. I was wow. That's wild. That was pretty awesome. There you go. Wow. That's really cool. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I don't have anything crazy for sure. But I think probably the thing that was like the most surprising to me was with Copilot. I needed I needed a snippet of code of PHP that was going to allow me to search for a chunk of a string recursively. So I needed to pull a chunk of a string out of the middle of a large string, but I needed to do it recursively. And so typical for me is I would just like hop on Google and let's get started. Let me see some examples of what other people have done. And then I went to write the function name in after I had found what I'd wanted and Copilot read out the function that I was looking at on my other screen without, and I was all of a sudden, wow, this whole search is not even needed. And the fact that it knew because of the context of the code, even stack like overflow, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like I picked the first one, right? It was like, I needed to go through and be like, no, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. That whole search went away when I just started writing the function name and it spit out the chunk of code. And it was 
basically a copy from what I was looking at, which I was like, this is really interesting. And it's going to change the way that I think about when I'm going to look for little snippets like this, do I need to even get on Google anymore? And should I just start I, writing the function name and seeing what it kicks can out? I ask like, a, I guess I have to admit at this point, I'm technically a non-developer. I'm just too far away from it. Even though I had a decade of developing WordPress, that day is over. But ChatGPT stopped collecting content in September of 2021. And so if it's giving you snippets, is it missing like 18 months of like, code knowledge and best practice standards and versions of PHP. Like I, I haven't seen what it's producing. Is it producing stuff that you like feel is modern good? Or is it like has this weird gap in it when it writes stuff? Unfortunately in WordPress, we're never writing cutting edge PHP because <laughs> we're having totally to support. So it wouldn't really matter if there's a year and a half of new stuff missing. I'm not using that year and a half of new PHP because no, like, it's not it's what's not, supported. Yeah. So we're always a little bit behind in the WordPress community in terms of what's the latest in PHP. But in terms of what it writes, in terms of snippets, that yeah. I'm not asking it to write a really intense piece of code. It's more of give me a function versus let's figure out. Yeah, plug in. Yeah, like some of the complexities of different files and how they're going to interact and all of that. Yeah, I haven't been like, oh my gosh, this thing can write code for me. It's more of this thing can save me some time writing code. Well, counter, we know within Liquid Web outside, I know people who are using ChatGPT to, or OpenAI and any of the number to write WordPress plugins and not just, not just marketing stunts. Because as a tangible example, Jack over at LearnDash was planning to write an integration with OpenAI to create outlines for course content to help content creators. And he was like, I wonder if ChatGPT could write that plugin itself. <laughs> and he did it. And he said, I was like, I asked him, I was like, how long did it take you? Is it about two hours of like little tweaking and learning? He said, mostly because I had to reteach it, the database structure, because the database structure changed in the last 18 months. And so it was working off an old structure and we had to get it up to date. But he's like, now I've got that stuff in the pocket. I don't have to do that work again. Now I've got what I need to create that prompt. And that prompt created a plugin that they beta tested for a couple of weeks and was good enough that they went back to the team the other day and said, yeah, clean this up, get it real tight, merge it into core. This is good to go, man. And so from a prototyping tool, it was incredible. You could easily yeah. spend 15 hours, 20 hours trying to write something like that, but yeah. it was good enough to vet an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably what I would say is the code that it writes is good enough to vet an idea or like a lot of stuff. But when it comes to adding to existing code bases, complex things, we're, I still think we're far way off. You have high so standards and you're picky. And <laughs> like, I think there's a yeah. lot of people out there who need to create like what I'll call patches, one-off add-on. Think of all the people who come with feature requests. Yeah, And like my tendency is to want to be like, if you're not worried about a hundred people using this and other case scenarios and it's just yours and you just need to get it working, you'd be like, chat GPT, I, I need an add-on that does this to this plugin that makes it look like this way or makes this data go here. And I think for like the average freelancer, this is going to give them a lot of power in their hands. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. It's a good point. It's a really good point.
I just I sat through Nathan Ingram for iThings training. He did a fix it session yesterday, and I yeah. sat through because there was a bunch of Cadence questions, mostly Cadence elements, which was really fun. That's my favorite part of Cadence, anyway. But somebody asked, "How do I show all of my products in my WooCommerce store?" But I want to omit one category. And Nathan fired up ChatGPT and basically asked that question, and the function was just spit right out and the problem was solved. I thought it was just amazing. I did a little screenshot of it because I thought it was great. Like this is the perfect yeah. place to use instead of searching through the forums or Stack Overflow or something like that. Just, I just need this one thing to work and you have your helper chat GPT solving problems that maybe not be perfectly obvious, especially for people who are just like trying to get something done with WordPress, but not necessarily want to be a coder for the rest of their lives. So I thought it was a, a neat implementation. I kind of want to talk a little bit about, yeah, we've got some instances here of how this is impacting all of us and maybe some thoughts about how it's influencing some of us in the WordPress space and how it might change development. But what does this mean for the general public? Is this going to change the way search works? Is this going to change the way blogging works? Can we do a little bit of like future casting of what you're seeing in yeah. terms of how this is changing the way people use the internet? You think that? Yeah, I, that's I great. can riff. You can riff where you want yeah, to go. Right? I think... I think it's worth just saying for our audience, if you're not, if you haven't gotten into AI, if you haven't tried out chat bot or any of this stuff and you're like, what are they really talking about? Thing, Shane, can you give us that like quick, yeah. how we got to this moment of like all of tech is basically like, how do we, and this is this going to be another metaverse or is this like for real? Are we, right. is this a flash in the pan? Are we going to go? Yeah. So first off, Let's start. We all know, or we don't know. For those of you who might not know, in the same way about five years ago, Mullenweg showed up and he's, y'all, we're going to decide that JavaScript is our future. I need you to go learn JavaScript, embrace it, get hella good at it. That's it. He just said the same thing around leveraging AI in every meaningful way we can. And that's, I personally, for about the last year at Liquido, have been like, hey, y'all, I think over the next 24 months, AI is going to become the differentiator and accelerator for a lot of brands. Now, to start with, AI is a weird word, man. It, there's nothing intelligent about it yet. Uh, it is artificial. But what we're really talking about are these sort of large language models. That's where we're at today. Where we're at with large language models, you, every single one of us, have been leveraging large language models for a while. This is not a new thing. You, Every time you got into Google Translate, you were using a large language model. It was a large tool meant to take huge amounts of data and produce basically like new sets of data that are useful and functional and pragmatic. That's what it's for. And there are all kinds of variations. There's specialized ones, there's generalized ones. But a lot of, at least your science fiction history when they talked about AI was the idea that at some point these large language models get so damn good that the difference between what we consider intelligence and what they're able to do is undecipherable. We're not there yet. So right now what we're talking about, whether well, OpenAI, which is what powers ChatGPT is one of the big ones, there are a number out there. There's some open source ones, there are private ones, and they do different things. Some are focused on the generation of media. We've seen a lot about Dolly, and a number of these that are producing images. We're about to start seeing video. 
the 3D models aren't quite there yet. If you go out and check out and you're like, gee, I wonder how good it is at producing 3D stuff. And you look at it and you're like, that's freaking weird. But in the same way that the 2D images ones had hands coming out of your face just six months ago, and now they're winning photo awards. And the Screenwriters Guild is freaking out because they're all worried their job is about to disappear. It is. And so you've got these that are coming up. And I think what's happened when the chat GPT came out is it was the first time the public audience could just get in there and try things. And that's, to me, a transformative step. And we're seeing all kinds of different things. And we'll dive into, for me, there's what I call the obvious stuff. The obvious stuff. What can you do with it? I can go create web content. (laughs) Very obvious. And everybody's doing it in all kinds of ways. And it's super interesting. And even though it's obvious, you should learn how to leverage it to your benefit. There are challenges. I think one of the big areas we're going to continue to see of evolution is translation. Right now, this is one of the first big places that these big language models from a consumer perspective, had a meaningful yeah. impact on my life, but they're still like got a way to go. And so we can talk about some of the projects I'm seeing to bridge that gap, to make translations get really engaging. There's a really cool project coming out of SiteGround that we were, that I was chatting with them about that I think is phenomenal. So there's that. And then there's, there's code assistance, right? Ben was talking about Copilot. There's all these tools that are going to essentially assist you in your tasks. Some of them are around code, some of them are around content, some of them around design. These are all, honestly, these are all creative content tasks. I think there is a sort of debate is how quickly do these tools get better at our work than we are? And does that genuinely create risk in the white collar world? Ben, what do you think, Ben? I think yes. I think 20 years from now, our industry of web design and web creation will be a fundamentally different. I'm not totally sold on that perspective. I, to me, it still so acts like a tool and it still requires so much pampering that even if it was good 99% of the time, even with these large language models, there's no solution for testing itself, like against itself. Yeah. And so look, I moved from other languages to PHP and WordPress. And the first thing, cause I moved from a compiled language in WordPress. And my first reaction coming into PHP is like, where's the debugger? Where's the thing that routes all this stuff? Why doesn't this language check itself? What crappy code. And, and it took me a while to get comfortable, but the fact is the whole WordPress community has basically been working without unit tests and without any kind of way to check itself for a decade and a half until we finally got there. Yeah. I just think there's a difference between asking chatbot to write something for you and then trusting that it's good and not knowing how to troubleshoot it and not knowing how to optimize it and not understanding it. I think the, when it comes to code, like we just, we are always going to need coders, like always going to need coders because as much as it can help coders code faster, there's still so much stuff involved with code that I think there needs to be humans to help that AI model along. So in my opinion, I don't know that I'm that concerned that AI is going to make it to where, let's just talk about cadence. Like we don't need any more devs because we can build this product or whatever. And I obviously that's assuming that WordPress is still around and all this stuff, which I think is safe to assume that it's ahead of it. Yeah. 
I think we have a long time until we're experiencing the web and such a completely different thing that we can't even fathom what that looks like right now or how we would plan for it. But I don't know that I see this as being all of a sudden companies need half the amount of people that they needed because of large language models. I think it just changes some of the dynamics of what we're working on and how we're working on it and how quickly we can ship stuff and how quickly companies can move into new areas versus just a flat out, we don't need these people anymore because we have these large language models. So I'll play devil's advocate on you. Yeah. I think it used to take a dozen specialists to hand build a car. And we got to the point where Henry Ford was able to create a system of automation that produced a perfectly acceptable car that met everybody's needs. Sure, it wasn't a custom car, it wasn't a unique car, it wouldn't do anything, but it was it met what 80 or 70% of people needed off the factory line. Were there still people in the factory? Sure, but now you had one person able to produce a thing that originally took a whole team. I think we're gonna see the same for general web creation. Is there still gonna need for special software that does custom things? Absolutely. Are we gonna still need that understanding? But are we there today? No. I'm still going to the point where I'm like, hey, ChatGPT, I did this today. Hey, I'm helping a friend do a real estate project. He's trying to figure out how to build 220 apartments, needs a quick site for investors and buyers. What would you put in the content? Will you do a site outline for me, blah, blah, blah. But is there a model yet out there that's a specialized model that essentially understands 500 niche industries, a thousand niche industries and what the content nuances are for those? Not yet, but you know what? If there's enough need for one, then there's the value in generating one. Yeah. And we're, I don't think we're that far from a point where Cadence, you know, where you get in and you're like, hey, Cadence, I need a yoga website. It's going to be in Krakow, Poland. Here's my team. Here's my stuff. Bam, please. And we're able to ping a large language model, whether it's open API or something else, and be like, yoga studio, this person, ethnicity, whatever. Yeah. By the way, here's 50 articles they wrote in their past. Will you make sure that any content you generate is in that same voice, style, and character? And give me the site outline. Please consider the SEO on that. And Cadence can grab all that stuff and be like, and oh, by the way, model that we've trained on Gutenberg blocks and cadence yep. blocks, we need an about page with this context and this stuff. Could you pick the best blocks and give us like seven versions that we can just display side by side so somebody be like, woo, pretty, that one. You know, and we can get to, I was around the era where WordPress blew up because of the five minute install. Yeah, you know, before man, installing you, you had to know servers, you had to know DNS, and all this stuff, and suddenly you could click a button. I think we're within months, optimistically, a year of the five-minute website. Yeah, yeah, I think that for a long time we've been moving in that area of like people who are building just blank websites need to diversify their skill set to understand not only how do I create a website in WordPress and just create these brochure sites over and over again. But how do I actually help this company make money? So how do I help them market? How do I help them with SEO? Like the need to diversify your skill set to understand the bottom line, which is how do I make this company money? If they're going to hire me to build a website or do anything for them, how do I make them money? And so that 
means essentially that the skill set that web developers have is going to change. I don't know that means web developers are going to go away because their skill set is going to be leaning more towards I'm a better prompt writer <laughs> than you to open AI or whatever it is. I know how to do some of this communication stuff. I know how to manage this. I know how to work the next level of your website. Yeah, you created it in five minutes and that's great. That saved us a bunch of time and money, but what's the next step for you? Next Are you going to get pipeline conversion? You know, be able to get people to show up at this darn website and engage right. with you. But and I then to me, even with the SEO thing, like if we talk about that for a second, Google is going to combat the flood of content that is coming in from OpenAI. They're going to have to, or they're going to lose. And so you have the, one of the largest companies in the world recognizing if we don't figure out a way to distinguish between floods of just content that's good, that's, that's written from a, a bot versus content that people actually want to read because it's got story and human interaction and human personality and character. That whole piece is going to be there where we're going to be like, it was once great to flood your website with content from chatbot, but now you can actually get dinged for that because Google's seeing this as this isn't authentic. This isn't somebody who's right. actually engaging with the people that are coming or trying to find their content. And so even that whole thing, like I think there's going just the way that they fought against spam. I think there's going to be that fight against this quick win of I can get ranked because I can flood my site with content. Versus these tools like where you're at, like there's, there's the creation of your overall content. Let's say a whole blog post. That's one thing. The other is there are huge gaps in the content creation process, which is the boring part. Absolutely nobody wants to do. Look, we do so much work at Tribe around accessibility. Yeah. And nowhere, almost all our projects fall down on accessibility. It's not the code because we know what we're doing. It's getting the content created to write alt tag descriptions on their images so that they pass. It's getting, like, it's all these tasks that are boring and mundane. And, and you know what? I think AI can fill that gap really comfortably and produce yeah. better accessible content, be their original. I think that's true around SEO as well. Like, I think there are layers and layers around creating complete content that Google or, honestly, let's even, let's admit it. Maybe the next generation SEO isn't going to be for Google. I know Google heart palpitating right now as it is, <laughs> yeah. but it might be, how do I create content that's engaging so that the next generation of chatbot recommends it via Alexa when I get up in the morning or whatever. And that may be a completely different approach to content creation. Yeah. Ben, you guys do a lot of WooCommerce work and solutions yep. as part of Cadence. I, but I was having a conversation with the team at BigCommerce. For those of you who don't know, it's a large SaaS, although they have a huge WordPress contribution arm. They're freaking awesome. And I was asking them, like, what are you doing around AI? And they said, well, we went out to a lot of our audience to try to figure out where they're struggling the most. And product descriptions <laughs> is where the average small business owner just really struggles. How do you create accurate compelling product descriptions? And so they're like, that's what we're are in date right now is can we get the chatbot to create not fluff, but actual compelling, accurate, useful ones. Are you seeing anybody in the WooCommerce world working on that problem yet? I haven't run across anybody who's, oh, I'm on that. Yeah, I wonder about that. So even what like recently Elementor did with AI, the tools that I, so I'm a big fan of Grammarly, which just released yeah. their AI stuff. 
I feel like so much of like just the straight text built. Give me just a thing of text, like a product description. Yeah. I feel like that's going to come from tools like Grammarly or just your like browser or like next level up than the end tools. So like to me, why do I need a tool in WooCommerce to build a product description when Grammarly will do it for me and I already pay for Grammarly and it's on all of my browsers and everywhere I go and including my phone and everything I need is right there. So whether it's a product description or not, like to me, I feel like that's the next that, level up. That's great prompt integration. You're dead on. I, I think all these people running around integrating prompts, cool, but I'm with you. Like even to the point of translation, like I was having a big debate with the team at Translate Press and WPML and I was like, I know WordPress has declared our next core initiative is internationalization, but did we take too long? Are we just to the point where my browser is about to just effectively translate everything for me all the time anyways and make all your efforts irrelevant? Yeah. And, and the counter argument is yes, but the general language models are so far away from the technical and niche model areas of language that you're safe for quite a while, even to the point. So like I'd mentioned this SiteGround project earlier that I was chatting with them about, because we're talking about how to use AI in support. So this is a bit of a pivot, but it's super contextual. And, and we were talking about the fact that a lot of our companies, ours included, are completely distributed, remote and global. We've got customers all over the world. We have team all over the world. And one of the byproducts of that scenario is you often have somebody show up to your support and ask for technical help more often than not in English, because there's a tacit understanding that English is that international language point of which it's not their primary language. So they're already struggling to get help in a non-native language. Then being attended by a support person statistically, whose odds are English is their second, third, fourth language, also not their native language. And so you get two people working their asses off to give each other help in native tongue. Google Translate, DeepL, any of these do a pretty damn good job until you're starting to try to explain WPCLI command nuance in another foreign language, and then it starts doing real weird stuff. It doesn't work. And so one of the challenges that the SiteGround team said, look, they've been working on this about two, three years now. Can we create a language model that deals with technical hosting server jargon? in the WordPress world and make sure that stuff gets translated correctly and then layer that on top of Google Translate. And they're like, our goal was never perfection. Our goal was, could we get to the point where a customer could have a better experience if they're working in their third language and our support team's working in their second language? And we just beat that level. Yeah. And they came out of the beta prototyping phase at the end of 2022 and as of 2023, they are now get they're now to the point where people come to support and they're like just asking Russian, Polish, Spanish, German, Chinese, doesn't matter. Just asking your native language. Our team will get it, gets translated, they reply in their native language, and the customer satisfaction level is higher than it was before with everybody trying to use English. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, to me, that's yeah. and I can't wait till my browser can do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm gonna do anything, far field, anything, any technical, but that is a much larger ask than a focused, specific technical exchange. And so to that point, wrapping that all the way back to product descriptions, you're yeah. saying 
what we need is a language model that's been trained on writing good product descriptions, not just a language model that can it's trained on the web, but a language model that's right. very specific to product descriptions. So you're writing, you're prompting it with simpler prompt because we, if you've been playing around with OpenAI, it's all about the prompt, but you're getting a simpler prompt and you're getting a better response, a much more technical well, response and, about and honestly, your specific product. One that has access to deeper data pools. Look, we did a huge project for Steelcase, which is a larger furniture manufacturer that produces all over the world. And one of the things we were able to do when we were working with it a few years ago was get access to their technical specifications of everything they've ever produced. That's not public data. But if you had a language model whose whole point is to write product descriptions, who has access to the technical spec catalog of all this company's products, and that the manufacturer is willing to do that because they understand the value that it's going to create. Now that starts getting interesting. It's not like a bot just trying to absorb random shit off the internet. It might have the wrong thing. And it might have the right thing. It has yep. weird stuff that other people did that are fictions. And then it's, you know, hey, you, like, I need you to go absorb the technical specs of every airline ever created. Cool. Got that. Okay. Thanks, Boeing. Thanks, Airbus. Thanks, whatever. Okay. Now we can start to produce quality. Because... All these language models, what they depend on is good content. Content yeah. is where the future of these models is. And so I think when we start getting to that point, then we're going to start seeing really interesting things produced. Yeah. So let's pause for a second. Let's just talk about what Cadence is working on. Oh, yeah. Kind of give an overview of how we're approaching our first version of AI and then from there. Because Shane, you're a big part of this project. So why don't you give us your take of... Oh, what wow. we're trying to do, but this is like a joint effort between Cadence and Modern Tribe. Cool. So we, we came to Ben with a bit of a vision, which is, hey, Cadence is phenomenal for a wide set of people, especially technical people who have a vision on how to build a website, want to bring that complexity down, want a lot of flexibility. I wonder if we can use AI to make it easier for the non-technical. That's where this whole conversation started. And some of that evolved around pattern creation and some of it is just a simpler admin, but some of it was also like, if we, if we know what the web project is and the context around it, and we can start to create and populate realistic experiences. So rather than getting, when you get a content library and you get these patterns, WordPress has that by Nina, Cadence Cloud, all these patterns, instead of having outlines or wireframes or something a designer rendered, can we take your context, your yoga studio in Poland doing whatever, and populate these outlines with realistic content, realistic photos, pre-written content, get you to the point where you don't have to invent it. Like I, I watch my kids play. Little kids are great if you pour Legos, but if you just pour a giant box of Legos with no structure in front of most adults, they just stare at it for a long time and then find something else to do. On the other hand, my daughter is 14. I've watched her. She has a number of WordPress sites. You know how she creates content? She finds a pattern she likes. She's like, okay, cool. That's close enough. And then she takes that and tweaks it. And the, the vision was to get AI to create your website, your pages, your content close enough that within a couple minutes, you're ready to go. You make your tweaks. You're good to go. So that, that's the concept. Yeah. And I think with that, it's really about helping people 
in different stages. So there's one, you've got a brand new website that you're trying to build. How quickly can we get you to a place where you feel comfortable launching that site? Because that is so often the hurdle with people. They have a good idea. They have something they want to try or get out into the web. And then they never get to that launch thing because it just became hard. They realized, oh, I've still got to write five more pages and I'm done with this. And I just, then they, and so how do we get those people further along and much more satisfied with their end product than if they had to do a bunch of manual work or thinking of, okay, I want an about page, but I wrote a paragraph about me because I don't know what else to write. And now what do right. I do? And then they're scanning Gosh. the web for other people's about pages. And what do they put on it? And how do I, and all this brain power to try to figure out an about page. And honestly, it's a page that almost nobody goes to, right? That's, That's true on all pages. Yeah. If you talk to any freelancer, any agency out there, and you're like, hey, how many of your projects launch on time? And if they're honest, they'll be like, almost none of them. And then you ask why, and 80% of the time, the actual answer is, the site user didn't actually create the content I asked them to. <laughs> and either I'm writing it for them, or I'm dragging it out of them syllable by syllable. And because it's hard because they don't know how to go. And I think as a freelancer, being able to take this and be like, here, I'm going to pre-fill all of this for you. Yeah. Now make it your own is such an achievable ask from an end customer yep. versus giving an empty template that looked beautiful, but doesn't actually, doesn't get them across that hurdle. Yeah. Especially for me, because, and I, this is one of the things I've used chatbot for the most is, Hey, rewrite this, this with this, like, or add this to this. Like just, you gave me this set of content and it was okay, but it wasn't really right. So I wanted you to update it, but I still didn't go update it myself. I still asked chatbot to update it. And it's that like ability inside of the product of like, how can we not only get you started, but then also let you like tweak and use the tools of AI to tweak. I love being able to say, give me three different versions of this sentence. <laughs> and it's so helpful to see, oh, that, that worded it so much better and was what it was going for. But yeah, so we want to get those people who are starting out, but then we also want to get people who are just building a landing page. How do we make yeah. that a much better experience than, okay, I got to this landing page and I have a white blank page and now what do I do? And if we can get all of that to a much better thing. So taking... AI, along with a lot of our human work in creating, converting pages, the layout, thinking about the layout, thinking about the flow, and then getting AI to fill all those spots to where you're not going, I need a hero section. Okay, so I'll go ask for a headline. And then and now I need to go ask for a paragraph to go into that headline. And maybe there should be an overline on that too. And I probably need a button. All of that, if we can give you that already pre-filled and then you can say actually i don't want the overline so i'm just going to delete it so much easier to delete than that <laughs> and yeah. allowing you to build pages that way where you're thinking about pages with layout and content together and not as two separate kind of things or like even so many people build pages content first and then go how do i make this look pretty which is right. so hard to do because it's got... hard to because like people don't realize how big or, or... Many of you probably do realize how big a role imagery plays yeah. in setting the emotional tone and context. You know, a lot, we hear a lot about ChatGPT writing text, writing prompts, et cetera, using AI. That's part of it. Without question, we're filling out full blocks. We, in our case, 
this project with Cadence is not just, look, I think I played with Elementor's new, and what they did is they integrated prompts into Elementor. Cool. It's useful. It's practical. It's not enough. Now, I doubt they're going to stop there either. We're all working on this stuff. And, but I think what's far more interesting is when it comes in and goes, oh, you want to write a four-piece article that has these things? Cool. Here's seven different versions of that with content pre-done based on what you said. Do any of these get you close? Yes, no? Okay, yeah, cool. Great. I'll start with that one. Then you've got all your layout. Content's one piece. The other piece is your media. And so yeah. for the first version of this, as much as we wanted to use generative, the reality is both A, cost, and B, the complexity of inaccuracy. It's not quite ready for commercial for us, but there are big open, like Creative Commons libraries like Pexels and others that we're able to access. We're like, cool, give us, oh, again, just I'll keep going my yoga thing. Oh, you're a yoga studio? Cool. Let me give you a bunch of yoga studios. What we're trying to do is find that balance because it's not always obvious, right? Then, you know, you you got a whole camping food. Is that right? Yeah, freeze-dried um, food, pinnacle foods. Yeah. So you got freeze-dried food. Thing is, if you're going to do a whole site about freeze-dried food, do you actually just want pictures of freeze-dried food or do you want people in nature looking freaking yeah. happy and yeah. <laughs> having a great time? So part of that is trying to train these models and ourselves to ask for the right things when you pick an industry and understand that context, that's work. So that'll be in the A, but like I have future visions. Like I want video. Mm. I want other creative common libraries. I want you to be as a user. I want you to be like, I don't need your fake post ass art. Like I've got 10,000 photos in a Google drive. Just please just leverage off mine. We're close to being able to do that on the beta. Is that going to make it in beta? Or I, I think that's going to make it in beta where you can add your own photos, which is going cool. to make, if you're using the design library, so much faster for you because it's like, there's your photos already in it. Yeah. So being, a, being able to do that will be interesting. To me after that, I mean, we'll see. There's so many options. I really wanted to learn how to write in a voice. We've been doing a mm -hmm. lot of experiments trying to teach it how to write my voice. And we've done dozens of dozens of different versions and some are better and some are worse. Nothing's quite nailed it. But think about if you've already got your site and it's up and your WordPress author has 50 articles, there's no reason why we can't train the AI off your previous articles so that the next content that it generates is in your voice. Like at least mm -hmm. get you going. That is theoretically feasible. We're just not to the point yet where we're happy to put that in the beta. Uh, I want it. It's there. It's close. We keep fighting for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things where the like our first integration is like, how do we solve this big problem that a lot of people have? And obviously version one of that is going to be way different than version two. There's a lot of things we can do to add to that. But then it's now that we're in this and we're already talking to OpenAI and all of that stuff, how do we do more inside of just all these different places? How do we take it to that next level? And I'm really excited about all that's going to happen with Cadence AI. Is there a way for people to sign up for some kind of beta? Have we gotten that far yet? That people We're close. I think probably in the show notes for this, we could post that we have a landing page started yeah, I, I don't mean that, that sorry if I'm like yeah no chop, friends. Kathy and I are looking at, <laughs> we both looked at that Kathy sent me that this week hey when you look is like is this how does this look so yeah we just need to publish that page and then cool. we'll have a place yeah. where people can sign up for information
Yeah. As a note, Ben is terrified of overpromising and disappointing you. Tell, come back and tell him that it's okay. Yeah, we can put a thing out there. And if we didn't get it right first time, we'll keep working on it. That's what, that's the challenge with some of this bleeding edge stuff. Do you guys, like, we've been working on this 10 months. We've rewritten it from scratch three times now. Why? Because the technology changed completely every three months. <laughs> It's going to do it again. And so as we're trying to ride that knife's edge between bleeding edge and cutting edge, be patient with us, engage with us. If you see something awesome that we should be doing or not aware of or a library out there, help us out. It's open source, man. Contribute. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the beautiful things about how Cadence has evolved. Ben created Cadence Blocks before Gutenberg was ever a part of CORE. And this community of people who use Cadence and see the promise of what Cadence has been doing have been involved in the development of Cadence as it's moved forward, even to this day, even as Ben has rewritten Cadence Blocks and basically foundationally changed the entire plugin. This community of people were involved in beta testing that. They were involved of saying, hey, why can't we do it this way? So this is a very collaborative project with a community of people who are building more effective websites with Cadence. And I can't see this community saying, oh, AI? Yeah, no, I'm not interested. (laughs) They're going to be a part of this as well. So it's going to be a really exciting process as this comes out, as this comes to beta, as people start playing with it. We expect everybody in this very active and dynamic Cadence community to come forward and be a part of it and say, hey, wow, I did this. And can we also? And it's, it's going to just be this perfect feedback loop where Cadence is changing the world again. Changing the way we build websites. It's beautiful. Yeah, Good job, that's Ben. The goal. <laughs> that's the goal anyway. <clears throat> cool. In the show notes, you will see. I'm going to add my crazy AI pictures. So go for the comedy for that. But also, yes, absolutely. It's worth it. for... <laughs> yeah, Ben has seen my third hand, yeah. which I wish yeah. I really did have because you know I'm sure I could do a lot more type fast. <laughs> Very handy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I maybe add some sound effects later. <laughs> but yes, make sure that you go and you sign up to that that wait list for when this comes out because we want you to see how this is going to change not only the sites that you have now, but the builds that are coming your way in the future because this is going to be useful across the board. Do we have any final parting thoughts? Anything else that people should consider with all this AI stuff? I think just get out there and explore like some of the products that are coming out. Like it's just really fun to see what people are doing with it throughout the whole web, like from image generation to just even different ways to prompt. I think that's all just really exciting. And I think it's worth like dipping your toes in and being like, let me play around with this a little bit. Cause you might be like, Hey, what if I'm going to start using it for this or that? So. Yeah. So there's this real challenge when you're producing products on, do I need to solve that problem or do I just wait for Zendesk to solve that problem? Do I need to solve this problem or will, you know, my browser solve that problem? And so it's always hard to know where to invest that energy and building capacity. Realistically, all of your tools are actively transforming right now. So the number one thing, if you're just in the field, building great sites, helping customers, pay a lot of attention to your tools right now. 
That's the first place I'd focus on. Focus on what GitHub's doing. Focus on what, you know, MailChimp is doing. Then focus on whatever your key tool set, pay a lot of attention. If you see that your tool set isn't necessarily keeping up, that might be a good time to start exploring comparable tool sets to see (laughs) what else they're doing to bring value. That's where I would start. Should you pay 20 bucks a month to have a chat GPT pro license? Maybe. Sure, try it. See if you get value out of it. Learn to write prompts. But I think that's as much fun as I can't tell you whether in your day-to-day it'll be useful. I found it moderately useful. On the other hand, that transformation like tool set is I think where you're going to see a day-to-day change very quickly in how you do work. And then ask yourself like obsessively on a regular basis, how and where do I provide value? And consider how that's being impacted by these changes. If you know, you're on Ben's side of the equation and you're like, yeah, man, nothing's going to unseat the value generation that I personally provide. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> if you're on my side of the bench, you're like, whew, I see a, a lot of change happening in my bathtub. Then you can start to ask yourself, okay, well, maybe there's an area I can specialize in where I can increase that value that I'm creating, whether it's through skills, whether it's through partnerships. Maybe the answer is this is a case where one person plus another person doesn't just create two, it creates 10 because you solve a much greater breadth of problems. I don't know. I think there's going to be a transformation. So figure out how to navigate that is going to be really important. Same. Great advice. thoughts. And if you are on Cadence social media and you see some clips from this episode posted that will be generated by AI as well. Found a tool that will, yeah. you can just upload your podcast and it finds all the most important clips. Will you, also, will you also run the transcript for this through a summarizer for ChatGBT and have it give me like the TLDR version? I will. And I'll post it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That is great. AI is changing the way we communicate. It's changing the way we produce content. But I still always feel like the human element is going to be a part of this. But I think discussions like this really help us understand the tools and how it makes our jobs easier, better, and more fulfilling and less stressful. And that's what we're here for. Thank you, Shane, so much for joining us for this episode. We're going to have you back because I think this conversation was incredible. And as these emerging technologies with AI start to evolve, I'm sure there's going to be more conversations that we can have that are going to help the Cadence community get more out of what Cadence is doing and with everything else. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time.